Do you remember when you realized that your parents weren't the smartest people that you know? If you don't, I'm gonna tell you the story about when I realized this fact. Here we go. So the big question is this, how are artists, jewelers, and art-based business owners like us who make our own products and run our businesses, how do we find the time and the money to push our creative limits and still grow and scale our companies? This is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler, and welcome to The Jeweler's Philosophy. Welcome to The Jeweler's Philosophy. I'm Mark Farrell, the jeweler. Today, I want to talk a little bit about seeking better information. So, I don't know about you, but I remember the day that I realized that my parents were not the smartest people that I know. And I remember it was, it was very strange. I was a little bit younger, maybe 13 or 14. I was sitting there and I was talking to... I was, in, I was in school and I was talking to a professor of mine, or a teacher of mine rather at the time, and I was talking to them and they were, they were telling me this information that was opposite of from what I had been taught at home. And it, it, was, it was very interesting because when I, I didn't want to believe that this was, that this was true. And I remember thinking, well, well, that's not true because that's not what I was taught. And then I remember going home and I was talking with my mom and I was listening to some of the other things that she was telling me at the time. And it, it, was, it became very apparent to me that I realized that my loyalties didn't lie any longer with the things that I was being told from my parents solely on the fact that they were my parents. And I feel that as, as I got older, I, I really started figuring out that the things that our parents tell us are great, right? I'm not saying that the, that the lessons that I learned from my parents and from my childhood aren't applicable or anything else like that, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily the best information that's there or even good information. A lot of it has to do with the personal perspective of the person that's giving you the information. And coming from a place where we, I did not grow up with money. I I did not have it. I didn't have any money. I remember coming home and my, you know, the power would be off one day and we would have no phone the next and and it was crazy later on in life you know my mom had told me that when I was in college I ran into some debt issues with a credit card like most of us do you know the little green men inside the card you know allow you to go out and buy whatever you want right and and most of us get in trouble with that and what ended up happening was I, I was talking to her and she told me, she said, this is gonna be a great, a great time for you to learn how to rob Peter to pay Paul. And I had to learn that lesson. But the thing that's interesting about this is, you know, there's lots of information out there. And as we get older, you either, you fall into two main groups, right? And the two main groups are 
you either still continually believe the things that your family, your grandparents, your parents, everything else like that hold to be true. The problem is, is that a lot of that has been passed down for so many generations, a lot of it doesn't actually apply anymore. Things like the way to create wealth or money, the way to think about money, the way to think about other things as far as societal beliefs, uh, even political views. You know, a lot of that stuff is passed down from generation to generation. But as the generations get older, no one's really accounting for the changing of the times. Everybody's just glomming on to these ideas that may or may not even apply to society today. And I think that that's a very interesting place to be sitting in because as somebody that has realized that, you know, the, the people that have taught me life skills, right, in the beginning, I learned, you know, everybody learns life skills from their parents. You learn how to walk and, you know, go to the bathroom and eat and view the world, right? They, they create this lens. You have about, you know, the first seven years of your life are really what create the filter that you see the rest of your life through. And that's where the problem lies, right? It's the structural foundation of your thoughts. And that's good, and you hope that your parents have good structural thoughts, but I ask you, when you look at your parents' life, right, is that what you want for your life? Because when I look at my parents' life, that is not what I want for my life. Not even close. I don't want any of it, right? I don't want to have to worry about um, all of these things and, and do all of that stuff and think that there's not enough in the world and think that everybody's out to get me. I've got three kids. I don't hit my kids, right? I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't necessarily, but I'm trying really hard to not do that, but have them understand that there are severe consequences, but they don't need to be physical consequences, right? There's bigger issues at hand than just needing to hit somebody or something, you know? I don't, I don't understand that necessarily. And so the, the thing that's crazy is that I've, the last two years or more, I mean, ever since I was a teenager, I started really seeking better information. So I went to art school, right? I went to college for art and I tried to seek better information there and I got better information in college than I got from high school and that I was getting from home. But even that, I realized that when I got out into the real world, that that wasn't really the information that was applicable or that I actually wanted from there either. And that was, that was very eye-opening and interesting. Two years after I went to college and got out with an art ed degree and went through all these art studios, which I loved. I had a great time in college. It was amazing. Right? But I went for art teaching. And I went for art ed and all the studio courses, they were all basically trying to get you to be a gallery artist. And that's not what I wanted to be. The very first episode is about monetizing your art. To be a real artist, you have to monetize what you've got. You've got to get rid of it to make more. It's not supposed to be something that you self-fund. It's supposed to be crowdfunded based upon sales, right? I mean, that's really what a business is. Your product or your idea is good enough that you end up, it, it supports itself because it has the legs to do that. But that's not any information that I got from college. That wasn't any information I got from high school, right? That was me saying, okay, there's better information. That's why I did craft shows. We did the craft show circuit for six years, 
And then I went to a trade school which was designed to teach you how to get into the jewelry industry and make money as a jeweler. I was the one that decided to put the art end that I had learned and all the training that I had gotten as far as developing my ideas and my aesthetics and my you know, thoughts and my everything like that and applying that. But I went and learned the business end or the technical end, was able to get into the industry and then apply what I had learned and meld these two things together, right? And that's really what life is. is it's a combination, a culmination of, of collective ideas that you get to gather, pick out the things that you like and leave the rest. And now these last two years, I've sought out different financial advice from, from financial gurus and from you know, really successful millionaires and billionaires that also teach how to do that. People like Robert T. Kiyosaki, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Tim Ferriss, who wrote The 4-Hour Work Week. Now I'm in a coaching program with Russell Brunson, who owns ClickFunnels. I mean, it's, it's very, you know, Gary Vee is, is great about social media. There's a whole list of people. Grant Cardone is, is great about sales training. You know, but these are all very, I'm going to say, controversial, right? Because they go against the grain. They go against the norm. They talk about money not being a thing. It's not a thing. It's a, it's a measuring tool. That's all it is. It's not hard to get. You just have to believe it's not hard to get and be looking for opportunities to get it, right? All of these different things, all of these different kinds of information. And so if you're, if you're in this boat of feeling like you're stuck, right? Because, and, and that you can't progress. Maybe it's because of the preconceived lens that you've developed that, let's face it, you developed when you were a kid, right? And that's the, uh, that leads me to the other thing about being a parent. So I'm a parent, I have three kids and I'm trying really hard. I try to treat my kids. It's weird. Like, and I feel bad about it, right? Everybody's like, oh man, don't make your kids grow up so fast. And I'm not, but my kids like being, feeling, acting older. Now they're four and, you know, four, three and one, but I think it's super interesting to see. It's like my daughter will tell me all the time. She's like, well, when I was a little kid, she's four, she's still a little kid. And she gets so mad when I say that because to her, she's a big kid, right? But she's fearless. I mean, she goes and does all of these different things, but that's because I'm telling her that she can go and do all of these different things and that she needs to try it. She needs to figure stuff out on her own. I'm not trying to make her grow up faster than she needs to. I'm just trying to give her, I know that the first seven years are going to make up that lens and I don't want her to feel helpful, helpless. I don't want her to feel like she needs her hand held because you know what? She doesn't. She is very capable. She was potty trained at two, before two. My son was potty trained around two. They don't, they don't sleep in diapers. They don't, they don't wear them, nothing. It's crazy. They know how to eat their own food. They're eating out of, you know, they, they eat the same food that we eat. They do all of these other things, right? And it's because I'm an enabler. Like I'm enabling them to be a full-fledged person. And I think that's where it gets lost, right? When you're a kid, so often you feel like your parents know everything, right? Because to you, they do. I mean, I tell my kids all the time that I don't know all the answers. They'll ask me a question that I don't know the answer to and I'm like, you know what? I don't know that answer, but I'll find out for you and then I'll let you know. You know, I don't have a problem admitting when I'm wrong. 
if you're listening to this podcast, you know that I don't have a problem admitting when I'm wrong, right? And I don't have a problem because we are our failures. You learn so much more when you fail than when you succeed, right? Succeeding means that you found the right way to do it one time. Failure is an explore. It's, it's, a, it's a journey of exploration. You know, you explore the possibilities, good, bad, or ugly, right? You explore what's possible. You're looking for the answer actively. You're trying to find what is possible. And it's so interesting to me when it's like people don't want to fail, right? And, and so I'm constantly on, on the lookout for better information. Just because I know something doesn't mean that somebody else doesn't know how to do it better, faster, easier, right? And so I'm always looking for that because I intrinsically want to push myself to always be better. That's just the way it is. It's not a problem. It's just the answer. And, you know, with, with parents and when you make this lens and when you look at your parents, I have, you know, people that still to this day, they're 30 plus years old and they're still asking their parents for things when their parents aren't really the people to ask them about things like financial advice. If your parents don't have, if they're not already retired or if you're trying to grow a business or if you're trying to something, right? I have a friend that, uh, they are, they, I, I love their, I love their dad too. Their dad's awesome. Um, he's one of the best people that I know, but I would never ask him for financial advice. I would never ask him for any of that because he doesn't, he doesn't understand how it all works. He doesn't understand really the, the guts of it, right? I'm going to go and I'm going to look at a guru. I'm going to pay attention to somebody that's where I want to be, not that is where I am or where I'm, you know, where I've been. And so if this is sounding like it's making a lot of sense, it's probably because you feel stuck, right? And, and I started down this journey because I felt stuck. I felt like I couldn't figure it out. I felt like I couldn't make the right decision and I was asking the wrong people. Right? If you want to, I like investing in real estate. If you want to invest in real estate, don't go ask your neighbor that doesn't invest in real estate or your father or your mom or your uncle or your grandparents or anybody. Right? You go and you ask the person that makes money investing in real estate or at least you buy the information from them. That's the way it works. Right? It's not a secret. It may not be the thing that you want to hear, right? But it's like when you make this lens and you're seven and you look at your parents and you, you realize that now you're not a kid and maybe they still treat you like a kid. Maybe they don't. Maybe your parents are awesome and they see you for who you are as a full-fledged adult. I know my parents had had a lot of problems with that. They would tell me otherwise, but that's not the way that they make me feel. And so, you know, it's not an issue, but I feel like most of us feel that way. And so I'm trying not to do that with my kids, Right. But the other thing is, is that there comes a time when you've got to realize maybe if you're asking the wrong people for advice and they're giving you their real advice, but it doesn't work or you don't like it, you have to realize at some point that maybe you should just stop asking those people, right? You have to ask the right people the right questions. If you're asking the wrong people the right questions and it's going to yield 
it's still going to yield the wrong answer because they don't have that capacity, right? My parents never invested in real estate. They never started their own business. Nobody in my family did. My aunt did, but you know, my mom never did and neither did my dad. And so you can't, I, I, it was foolish for me to ask them about business advice or financial advice. I remember when, I think I said this in an earlier episode, I remember when I quit my, my bench jewelry job, I gave them six weeks, all my friends laughed at me and they said that I was quitting three jobs. But I remember the day, it was like the week before I was gonna leave and my mom came up to my house when I was living in Buffalo and I went down to start the grill and she asked my wife, she was like, well, do you think that this is the right choice? And Kate was like, I, I mean, I wouldn't tell him, I wouldn't be behind him if I didn't think it was gonna work, right? But, but that's the thing, I mean, I was 28, right? 27, 28. I mean, I'm an adult. I was married, had a house, everything. doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I mean, okay, maybe it came from a place that she was worried, but she has no concept of what I'm even trying to do. She told me before, she told me before I started all of this that it was too risky. She didn't want me to go to school to be an artist and choose an art discipline like ceramics or, well, that's a design discipline, right? Ceramics or jewelry or sculpture, that's art. Something that I, I wanted to, because I wanted to change my major and she, she told me that I should go and learn to be an art teacher and then I could do my art on the side during the summer. Well, come to find out, it didn't work because when, the, when I graduated in 2008, and the crash happened in 2008. There were no art teaching jobs. And I ended up being, I've been a full-time professional artist for 10 years. I mean, I'm not saying that I was, that I'm always right, because I'm not. Like, I'm wrong all the time. But I'm not afraid to try, right? And I'm not afraid to put in the work to make it happen. And that's the difference, right? Always be looking for better information. And, 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 really look at the people. If you don't like the situation from the people that you're asking the advice from, maybe you should stop asking for that advice. It may not be their fault. Nine times out of 10, it's your fault. Most of the time, I personally believe that everything that happens to us happens because of us. It's just the way it is. Even getting rear-ended in a car accident. You could have left five minutes earlier. You could have taken a different way home. You could have ran that stoplight. You could have made that yellow light. You could have something. You have to take responsibility for every single thing that happens because nothing really happens to you. Most of the time it happens because of you. That's going to be hard for a lot of us, a lot of you to, to wrap your head around. And I know you're going to be like, Mark, I totally disagree with that. And that's fine. But the fact of the matter is, is that I like believing and knowing I don't like being a victim. I'm not a victim. I played the victim for a very, very long time. Very long time. As an adult, I remember looking back and only remembering the bad stuff. Only remembering the times I was victimized or felt bad or unjust or slighted. And you know what? I was very, very unhappy. And that sucks. I don't like that. So I made it a point to stop. So now, the last two years, I've been reframing all of that stuff, and I've been getting better information. I don't think the same way I used to. I don't think people are out to get me. I don't think my mom used to tell me, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. You're right, it doesn't grow on trees, but it's also not hard to get, right? And, and it's, not, it's not a thing. Money's not a thing. It's what we all agree it is. That's it. 
but that goes for all kinds of stuff, right? I, I mean, money's just the easiest one to talk about. I mean, there is a, a, a book, I can't remember who wrote it, but it, it's called You're a Badass at Making Money, right? And the thing that was crazy, or maybe that wasn't it, there's, man, what was it? One of the books that I've read, in any event, there was this quote from this book, it's not my quote, but they said, you know, it's funny that everybody in the world, right, like the two main things that are taboo to talk about are money and sex, but we're all supposed to be really good at both but nobody teaches actually how to do it. And we're not supposed to talk about it. And that's interesting to me because you look at that information and like my family came from, you know, we don't talk about money. Well, if you don't talk about it, how are we supposed to learn to use it? How are we supposed to learn to do anything like that? And that really is like what solidified all of this stuff, right? My, my parents have very strange views on a lot of things. Maybe your parents have a lot of strange views on a lot of things. Now, I have a lot of strange views on a lot of things, right? But the difference is, is that I'm putting all of my views on my strange things out there, right? And the difference is, is that if you like them, try them. If you don't like them, don't try them. If you got some way better, let me know. Like I said, I'm always open to new stuff. It's just the way it is. That's what I'm trying to do. I want to make sure that I have the best information at the time. Times change. Right? Putting money in a bank account now kind of makes zero sense because you can get better return almost everywhere. I mean, banks are literally a parking place for money. Cash is pretty much dead. I mean, you can have it, but it's not really worth a whole lot. I mean, how many places don't even take cash anymore? I own a business. 90% of the stuff that I sell, I run on a credit card. And when I do accept cash, like I've only got $100 to make change out of. And I might take, I might accept cash maybe five times out of the year. Not because I don't want it, but it just doesn't come. Nobody carries it anymore. So if nobody's carrying cash, why would you park your money in a bank? All I'm saying is maybe it's time to get some better information. I like to think that I'm providing better information because I'm testing it. I'm living by it. I'm learning from it. I'm trying to take what I'm doing and what I'm sourcing and what I'm getting and I'm trying to give it to all of you so together we can all get better, right? There, there's this other preconceived notion as an artist that you need to be a starving artist or that you need to be sitting over here and quiet, you know, you can't make a big roar and, and being famous is somebody discovering you. That's not true. So much of that is you have to make yourself discoverable. That's what I'm trying to do right now. You've got to get out there. You've got to make yourself known. That's you. Publishing, self-publishing, social media, putting your ideas, your beliefs, your work. The more you have out, the more chances that you have to, to have somebody big notice you. I'm just saying, if you feel stuck and you feel like it's not all there, maybe it's time that you start trying to find some better information. I get a lot of DMs about people that listen to the podcast and they're like, man, it's so great and I'm slowly starting to come around. Listen, I know, I know that it takes time to hear the stuff that I'm talking about, right? I've spent two years working on this stuff to get to the point right now where I can talk to you guys about it, right? But the thing is, is that I'm sitting there and I'm trying to do all of these different things, right? And I'm trying to spit it back out, but I'm learning from it. I mean, I learned how to invest in real estate from reading a book. It worked. I bought a house, 
was able to buy a second house, turn the first house into a rental. Then I just sold the rental. I rented it for two full years, got income. It made me money, paid for the mortgage and made me a profit. I just sold that house to buy the building that our business is in right now, Buffalo Craft. And it's also giving me $50,000 to fund the other end of the project that I'm building right now, which this podcast is part of. I learned how to do that from a book. It cost me $15. Now, it took me about six or eight months to figure out how to do it, and I read that book 15 times. But you can do it. There is better information out there. Absolutely. It's the same thing with with jewelry education, right? If you're still using an Optivisor and you feel like a microscope is selling out, it's because you've never used a microscope. If you don't use gravers and you're not using a graver max and you're not doing all these other things, like these tools are to make your life easier. That's like saying that you don't want to use email or that you're not using a cell phone or that you don't, you're not on whatever. I mean, can you do it? Yeah. But kind of why would you? I mean, they're meant to make your life easier, right? And the way society is set up is if you're not doing these things, you're at a disadvantage. We should be seeking information that gives us the most amount of advantage, right? Russell Brunson talks all the time about how Dan Kennedy told him there's no strategic advantage to being the second cheapest, right? If you can't be the cheapest, be the most expensive. It's the same thing. If you're in the middle, you're competing. If you're the cheapest, there's no competition. If you're the most expensive, there's no competition. If you're anywhere in the middle, you're competing with everybody. I don't like competing with people. I'm trying not to. I'm trying to sell my products differently. I'm trying to sell what I'm doing differently. Market my stuff differently. Make people think about what I'm doing differently. It's not an accident. I'm getting better information from people that know how to sell a product and sell it really super well. That's what I want to do. I want to be an artist with a business and generate income. Seek better information, guys. <laughs> it's possible. It's out there, right? Just because it's something that you know doesn't mean it's right. It's just the way it is. It's not bad. Think about it. Give it a try. I hope that helps. That's what I got for today. This has been The Jeweler's Philosophy. I'm Mark Farrell, The Jeweler. We'll see you guys next time. For even more information about growing your art-based business, head over to buffalocraft.com now. There, you'll find our most recent offers. And be sure to sign up for our email list so you get the most up-to-date info about what we're doing and working on. While you're there, check out the Mill t-shirt. Head to buffalocraft.com now.